Twelve, the KGEZ Good Morning Show Drill Down. A candid conversation with our correspondent covering this morning's hottest story. This is the first of our two exclusive KGEZ Good Morning Show Drill Downs made possible by Bailey Insurance Services to Washington, D.C. and Linda Kenyon. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Good morning. Linda. Good morning. There How we are. are. Can you? There we are. Good morning. Um, you know, I always thought Girl Scout cookies were one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. apparently the guy that... wouldn't love a Girl Scout cookie. Well, he probably <laughs> wanted a lot of them. He uh, he grabbed the money though. He didn't bother to grab a box of Thin Mints on his way out. <laughs> anyway, that makes oh, no man. sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I you know my daughter used to sell those cookies when she was uh, actually when she was a brownie, and uh, boy, she did really well. Those big brown eyes. She'd just look up at people, and boy, they couldn't buy enough cookies from her. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, Russia, what are we going to do with these guys? For Russia, Russia, out? Russia. Yeah. What are we going to do about Russia? Well, you know, um, there's a lot of concerns about, well, there have been concerns for quite some time about the Russian war against Ukraine. But with the killing of Alexei Navalny, who is a very outspoken opposition leader to Vladimir Putin. Uh, the uh, United States is blaming Vladimir Putin for the death of Navalny, who was serving uh, a prison term, decades-long prison term, and died of, and I'm going to quote here, so I hope you're sitting down, um, he died of sudden death syndrome. That's oh, what they're telling What does us. that mean? Sudden death syndrome, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens yeah. to a lot of guys through windows in uh, Russia, I believe, too. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, sudden death syndrome. Yeah. So, um, and the family has said that the, uh, that the Russia refuses to release the body so that he can have a, a, a dignified and decent burial. Uh, the, his mother has been at the prison for days now demanding that they release her son's body. And so after all of this happened, I guess the U.S. has just said, you know what, um, that's enough. So they have decided the Biden administration is going to make a major announcement tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, Friday. What day is this? <laughs> I never know. <laughs> they all melt together. Uh, going to make a major announcement on Friday of a major sanctions package against Russia, and it is meant to target Russia's war machine, its ability to produce weapons, its ability to finance weapons, anybody associated with financing uh, Russia, and it's supposed to be the toughest sanctions yet. Now, sanctions have already been uh, in motion against Russia, and the question that came up yesterday for the White House press secretary was, well, sanctions so far don't seem to have slowed down Russia, so what makes you think these sanctions are going to make any difference? Well, apparently there's a thought that it will make a difference, and that's what's going to kick in starting on Friday. Kind of makes you wonder why they didn't put these sanctions in place on day one when he invaded Russia or Ukraine. Yeah, well, that was a question as well. Um, so I guess we'll find out the answer to that uh, on Friday. 
But yeah, the the death of Alexei Navalny has kind of been, you know, uh, sort of the last uh, the last warning, so to speak, uh, that uh, the U.S. Uh, has finally said, you know what, this is this is too much, and the U.S. has very been has been very um, outspoken on blaming uh, Vladimir Putin for it. One of the things that was brought up is that thus far the United States has frozen assets uh, that uh, these oligarchs have in uh, foreign banks, uh, but now they're talking about actually seizing these assets. Yeah, and that's a really big step uh, to seize uh, somebody else's assets, which, you know, as the U.S. position uh, puts it, they'd have been uh, received or gotten gains. So, you know, that's... That's a big deal right now, and uh, so there, there's a situation now where the uh, you know the Russia is gaining ground against uh, Ukraine and its ongoing war, which is now more than two years old. Uh, the U.S. Congress has been unable to pass any kind of additional uh, funding for Ukraine, and uh, these additional sanctions are also an opportunity. The Biden administration has already. Uh, but we'll be stepping up its uh, its statements against uh, the Congress, in particular, the House Republicans, and uh, most specifically, House Speaker Mike Johnson, because Johnson has refused to put a, a Ukraine aid package on the floor, even though it had a two-thirds bipartisan vote in the Senate when it passed, and the widespread opinion is that it would pass in the House if he would just put it on the floor, but he has not done so. Now, I read about six weeks ago that they were considering seizing these assets instead of just freezing them, seizing them and using that to bankroll Ukraine's armaments. Yeah, yeah. Um, that has been one of the discussions. Um, you know, we'll have to uh, to see if that's what they are going to do with it. But, yeah, that would, would be uh, very upsetting to Russia and that... <laughs> Uh, may in fact be the point. So. And I had understood that uh, that uh, there may be a problem with using it for armaments, but they could use those funds that they seized to rebuild Ukraine after this mess is all over with. I mean, city by city, they're destroying the country. And uh, the infrastructure, yeah. they're yeah. destroying the buildings. It's, uh, it's, it's just awful. Um, I thought it was fascinating that... Uh, that uh, candidate Donald Trump is comparing himself to uh, Navalny and saying that yeah, <laughs> they are both political dissidents. Is that, yeah, they both that are suffering is that greatly, a, yeah. et cetera. Is that a valid comparison? Well, that has triggered a lot of backlash. Uh, Nikki Haley went after him for that yesterday when she made an announcement in her home state of South Carolina that she is not giving up the race. Uh, other uh, public figures have called uh, that comparison absolutely beyond the pale, that Donald Trump's sufferings have uh, no comparison with uh, being in a Russian prison and uh, apparently murdered uh, while in prison uh, because of speaking out against, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of pushback about that, but he's sticking to his guns. He is saying, you know, he's he's just he's being persecuted, much like Navalny. Now, you know, I was thinking about Donald Trump uh, being a wheeling and dealing businessman all these years. I think he, his mode of operation often was 
uh, damn the torpedoes. Just do it and then defend it after the mm-hmm. fact. And maybe that's, uh, you know, that's ca- caught up with him now because you, you look at all of the, uh, the, the price tag, I guess, is close to a billion dollars by the time you figure the interest and the fines and everything. You know, and he's not just, I mean, there there are still several more court cases against him, and there could be punitive damages if found guilty. Um, And this is, it's hard to see how this wouldn't hurt his real estate empire. Um, But he is also using it as a fundraising tool. Uh, One of the things he did in the middle of all of this, uh, the most recent uh, uh, announcement of, of fine against him was unveil a new sneaker line. At SneakerCon in, uh, I believe it was in Las Vegas, just a few days ago. And uh, $399 for a pair of sneakers that has the Trump, uh, you know, insignia on it. So uh, he's finding all kinds of creative ways, um, including asking for donations, uh, which, you know, will not only fund his campaign, but by extension, perhaps, uh, be used uh, in legal defense. Uh, I suppose it would have to go come from a different account, but nonetheless, uh, he's still extremely popular among his followers, regardless of the outcome of various court cases. And yep. He's not giving up the fight for the White House. We should point out that these sneakers are manufactured by a third party, and that uh, uh, I would imagine uh, Trump is getting a piece of the action, but not the whole what, $399? Well, here's the interesting thing, John. The contract, the form that they sign, says that they uh, have purchased the right. Uh, It's a pre-sale. They don't really physically have, aren't going to receive them until July at the earliest. And uh, so he's getting the money. The money is paying for the shoes and... uh, what are their four hundred dollar gold shoes? Yeah, that they figure uh, they three hundred ninety nine to they, be precise. They yeah. they have <laughs> yeah they have red soles, and there's only one manufacturer in China that does that. These are being manufactured in China also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to. That's move. interesting because Donald Trump was very uh, adamant about uh, jobs being brought back to America. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, let's talk Israel now, boy. This this is uh, this just doesn't seem to have any way of working its way out. No. Um, yesterday, the UN Security Council uh, tried to pass a resolution for a uh, ceasefire in Gaza, and the uh, U.S. vetoed that resolution. The UN ambassador, uh, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas Greenfield. Um, made a uh, very cogent speech yesterday, as she often does, and uh, she uh, said that uh, this would not achieve the desired effect, that it would not stop the fighting between Israel and Hamas, that it would not speed aid to the refugees in uh, Rafa or elsewhere in Gaza, that it would not uh, secure the release of the hostages, but what it would do was damage the delicate negotiations that are underway constantly to secure the release of said hostages. Now, Israel has long been against a ceasefire, saying in no uncertain terms that stopping the fighting for a lengthy period of time would do only one thing. It would give Hamas an advantage. 
It could retool, regroup, reconfigure, and then launch further attacks against Israel, as it has said it would do. So uh, Israel is against a ceasefire. Uh, it is called instead for a pause. For some, that may seem like a matter of semantics, but a pause would be a shorter period of time than an outright ceasefire or truce. And uh, the United States has been in agreement with Israel on that point. The thing that uh, is, is going to be very difficult is that... Uh, uh, Israel's been fighting for its very existence since 1948 when the state of Israel was created. And uh, they're so used to fighting for their, you know, uh, for their very right to be there that uh, it's going to be hard for them to stop. Yeah, I mean, it's a small, very small country. It's surrounded by countries that don't want it there. Uh, It has always had to defend itself. And um, its attack... You know, the attack on October 7th against Israeli civilians um, that killed hundreds and hundreds and took hundreds hostage uh, was, you know, is what triggered this latest conflict. Uh, Now, Israel's response um, has gotten a lot of criticism because of the huge number of Palestinian civilians who have been killed. Israel says it's not targeting civilians, but Hamas has deliberately embedded itself inside the civilian population, in civilian areas, including hospitals and schools, for example. And, uh, you know, the, trying to thread the needle and, and, and knock out Hamas, which has vowed to attack Israel again and again and again, is very difficult, uh, especially when, you know, they are embedded within the civilian population. So uh, Israel is trying to uh, reach some kind of a delicate balance, according to uh, statements that have been made. But difficult thing to achieve and yes thousands and thousands of uh palestinian civilians have been killed and there's been a lot of backlash due to that well here you know we're not strange strangers to that dilemma either Uh, in vietnam we uh there was a lot of uh vietnamese civilians who were killed perhaps millions um we don't really know how many and maybe we don't want to know uh the same thing for afghanistan and iraq uh so we're not new to that uh, situation either, and uh, frankly, we haven't figured out a way to, uh, to as you say, thread that needle. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult, now and the, it's a horrible situation, yeah, the inter- no matter how you look at it. Interesting thing is that uh, Gaza, where this original attack uh, originated from, uh, was a handful of Hamas. Uh, there were peace-loving Palestinians living Mm -hmm. there, but uh, then you have the response from Israel, and uh, over time it just uh, has turned into an us-and-them situation. But but look at the way that they've wormed their way in there with the tunnels and everything. Hamas Mm -hmm. has really... And uh, they, they could not have done that. Oh, it had to be over without, years. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, they could not have done that without the support, or at least the tacit support, of the uh, of the people who lived there. Well, that's a good point, John. And uh, you know, you see something that's going on, and you say, "Wait a minute, this is probably not a good idea." But nobody said anything. They just allowed it to that infrastructure to happen. That could have been thought of as a bomb shelter if the other side attacks us. Yeah. 
Well, think of it this way. If they've been building these underground tunnels and they cared about the civilian population, uh, you know, as they say they do, then why didn't they invite those people into the tunnels for protection against the Israeli response? That's good point. Good point. Linda, as always, we appreciate your great reporting, and thank you for drilling down for us this morning. Well, I thank you. Um, you know, nice way to start the day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk tomorrow.